0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob and Today, we're gonna talk about Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess, a reject from the nation of Israel. They didn't like Moabites. In fact, they're part of the curse that God put on particular nations. And yet, out of that curse, one lady accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, called him Jehovah. But when she accepted him, now she becomes part of the royalty of even the Jewish nation in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. You ready for this today? Let's go and be blessed by the life of Ruth.
1: For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian.
0: Well, hello again. Welcome to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It's great to have you here today. I think this can be a great lesson. Women, you ready for this? I'm going to teach today out of the book of Ruth on the man that she married called Boaz. We're gonna talk about that. Can God work in women's lives? Of course he can. Does God bless women? Yes, he does. Is there women found in the word of God? Yes, there is. Is there women ministers found in the word of God? Yes, there is. But I think Ruth is one of the greatest ones. It also helps us to understand that God was never just interested in one nation. He chose one nation to spread the gospel to all other nations. That's because he loved everybody. And the Bible has much to say about Gentiles in the word of God and also in the New Testament, Old and New Testament, Gentiles are brought up. I think sometimes Jesus delighted in talking about Gentiles. He said that speaking to his own hometown, you know, when he came there, they looked at and they said, well, who are you? His first day to come back. After being gone for some time now, he had been anointed. He started doing miracles. And the people were looking at him like, isn't this the carpenter's son? The the chair I'm rocking in came from him. Part of our house was built by him. I mean, they looked at him because why? They grew up around him and familiarity breeds contempt. They didn't like him. And especially when he started reading out of Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. And they thought, well, he's just reading that. Then he says, no, it's talking about me today. Today, this verse is fulfilled in your ears and they got mad at him and they wanted to drive him out of town. In fact, they're looking for ways they can kill him later on, even his own hometown. But I like what Jesus said to them. Jesus said, he said, in the days of Elijah, there were many widows in the land. And he said, but to none of them, was was he sent except to, and he named the town where she was from, the widow, and pointed out that she was not a Jew. She was a Gentile, but there was lots of widows in Israel at the time, but God didn't send him to any of them. Why? Because there was so much unbelief in the land. There was so much self-pride in the land that he sent to this one. Later on, he talked about Elisha. He said there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha, but to none of them was he sent to heal him except to this one man. He mentioned this one and he talked about him. He was a Gentile and he got healed of leprosy. And so the Lord loved to do this. He said, many will come from the east and west, a reference to Gentiles and will sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom. He simply says, when Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are finally in the kingdom, guess who's going to surround them everywhere? Gentiles. Oh, he would make the Jews mad, irritate them for saying these things, and even brought out one time that in the Old Testament, thousands, about hundreds of thousands were one to the Lord and they were in the city of Nineveh and they accepted the Lord and Savior. Then he mentioned right after that, the queen of Sheba and all of that. And not one Jew was mentioned in the midst of all those Gentiles. So the Lord knew about that. And here we have stories in the Old Testament about Gentiles. And this is one we're going to talk about Ruth in the book of Ruth. Ruth married a Jew and Boaz was a Jew, but she was a Gentile. We're going to find out the power behind this story. The book of Ruth is a book about redemption, cursing being turned to blessing. And there were so many that were blessed in there that really circumstances were against them, but yet God preserved them, held them, and blessed them in the end. Despite the problems they went through, he blessed them when they came out on the other side. Naomi was one of them. Elimelech was one of them. Ruth herself, and then Boaz, the man she's going to marry in this story. Let's turn to Matthew chapter one for just a moment. I'm going to quote you verses one through six. And here we have the genealogy of those in the, the New Testament we know about from the Old Testament, bringing to the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the culmination of this particular set of scriptures here in Matthew chapter one. And it starts out this way in verse one, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob and Jacob begat Judah and his brothers by gentiles here we've even have the fact that many of the wives were gentiles Leah and Rachel two handmaids here we have in this verse of scripture verse 3 goes on to say and Judah begat Perez and Zerah of Tamar she was a Canaanite and Perez beget Esram, and Esram beget Aram, and Aram beget Aminadab, and Aminadab beget Naasan and Naasan beget Salmon, and Salmon, this isn't Solomon, this is Salmon, And Solomon begat Boaz of Rahab. Rahab was a Hittite. She was a Canaanite. We know her as the former prostitute. And she's the one who accepted the Lord. Her family accepted the Lord. And God preserved her life when two of the spies came into the land. She hid them and kept them from being killed or being found by those in the military. And then it goes on to say, and Boaz begat Obed by Ruth. Ruth is a Moabite, that's the key here to our story, and Obed begat Jesse, Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her, that had been the wife of Uriah, and this again is Bathsheba speaking about a Hittite. We could go on and on and on in these, but you know what we find out here? Mixed in with all of these Jews are Gentiles. And to put a Gentile in a Jewish genealogy was almost blasphemy, but the Holy Spirit didn't care. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't care if you're a Jew or a Gentile. Everyone listed in this genealogy is a believer. And believers in the Old Testament came out of Jewish and Gentile nations. And by doing that, the Lord is simply putting his stamp of approval, not on the fact that we're male or female, not on the fact that we're black or white, not on the fact that we're Jew or Gentile, any nationality, any background, educated, uneducated, none of those things matter. The one thing that does matter is, have you accepted Jesus Christ or Jehovah, as he was known in the Old Testament, as your personal Lord and Savior? That is the key. And this happens in this story we're about to read. I want to take a look at Leviticus chapter. 25. We're going to take a look at verse 25. Leviticus 25, 25. We're going to take a look at the law of the near kinsman, the redeemer possession of the family. There was a way to redeem possessions in a family by a redeemer within the family, and this person had to qualify in the right way. Leviticus 25, 25 says this. If your brother becomes poor and has sold some of his possessions. And if any of his kin come to redeem it, or in other words, buy those things, he shall redeem that which his brother sold. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 25. We're going to read verses 5 through 9, and here's how they carried on the brother's family in case one became poor and had to give up possessions and even lost his wife during that time or he died. In verses 5 through 9 of Deuteronomy chapter 25, if brothers live together and one of them dies and has no child, the wife of the dead brother shall not marry outside to a stranger. Her husband's brother will go into her and take her to him as a wife and perform the duties of a husband's brother to her. And it shall be that the firstborn which she bears will succeed in the name of the brother which is dead and his name will not be put out of Israel." And if the man does not want to take his brother's wife, then let his brother's wife go to the gates of the elders of the city and say, my husband's brother refuses to raise up for his brother's name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my husband's brother. Then the elders of the city shall call him. And speak to him, and if he admits to it and says, I do not want to take her, then shall his brother's wife come to him in the presence of the elders and loose his shoe from off his foot and spit in his face, and shall answer and say, So shall it be done unto that man that will not build up his brother's house. This story is a type of Jesus, our kinsman redeemer. Jesus was born of a woman, making him part of our family. He was wealthy and capable of redeeming us before we knew him, but we had to approach him and he accepted us. He paid all our debts and made us part of his family. Oh, the goodness of God. And this is kind of the story of the book of Ruth. Ruth again will eventually marry Boaz and she is a Gentile. Boaz is a Jew and she's gonna marry into the nation. And as we found out her name even appears in the genealogy of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. She had no idea that was going to happen. Not only was she born, but she lived and died and had all these wonderful things happen to her, but she didn't know her name was going to be attached to the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Ruth chapter two, let's turn to that passage of scripture. We're gonna take a look at verses one through three. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech. And his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said to her, go, my daughter. And she left and came to glean in the fields after the reapers. And her part was to go to a part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Her husband had died. Ruth's husband had died while uh, he was over there in her land and in Moab. And so now she has come back with her mother-in-law back to the t- uh, place that her mother-in-law's from, which is Israel. But she's coming there as an outsider. She cannot get a job anywhere. The only thing she can do is work as a gleaner in the field. Aren't you glad that God sees us? You know, there's been times in my life I've had to take some pretty lousy jobs. I'm sure you have too. And one of them I'll never forget was a job where they worked me 16 hours a day, and they didn't pay me much to do it. I worked for a major bottling company and, you know, they made soft drinks and so I did and the night that I quit I mean I couldn't go any longer my mother was crying when I came home because I was so tired and flopped down in bed I was only gonna have a little time to sleep I had to get back up and go right back to work the next day and she said don't go back she said this this is this is terrible I she said I think they're actually breaking laws and making you work this much so anyway I you know I didn't go back but I can tell you this I was there long enough about a week to where I was so exhausted and I look back at that time thinking well that well that was job was it worth anything did I learn anything from that job later on that particular job helped open up a door to something else I was getting into. God can take cursing and turn it into blessing. God can take, in fact, I've looked back at some of the jobs I've had thinking, good Lord, what was that all about? Was God guiding me, leading me? And find out later, one or two things I learned on that job helped me today in what I was doing. The steps of a good manner ordered of the Lord. The same thing here happened with Ruth. She leaves the land that she is in of Moab and she comes to the land of Israel and she's there and she's there with her mother mother-in-law and her mother-in-law helps her to get a job gleaning. And it's in the fields of Boaz who is rich. And so again, Boaz looks across and sees her one day out there and likes her. And just from looking at her from a distance, tells all these workers around here, leave big globs for her. I mean, just, you know, as you're, instead of, you know, picking up everything, purposely leave some handfuls back there. And all of a sudden Ruth found herself prospering and bringing this home. And her mother-in-law keeps saying, where's all this coming from? She said, I don't know until one day the door opens up for her to tell her. And she told her who owned this piece of land. And suddenly her mother-in-law is going to go, oh, I see God's hand in this all the time. We'll find out about when we get back. And what we're offering today is character studies in the book of Ruth. I know you're going to be blessed and women, especially you're going to be blessed by this women teachers. You're going to enjoy this. You can teach it yourself. See you right after the break.
1: There are four unique characters in the book of Ruth, Elimelech, Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. Each person shows us a different aspect of our relationships with other people and our relationship with God. From Elimelech, you will learn about lessons from a backslider. In Naomi, you will see how a backslider is fully restored. Ruth will show us how God provides in our times of need. And from Boaz, we will see how Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. Join Bob Yandian for these teachings and learn from each of these four characters as they speak to you about your own walk with the Lord, as well as showing you more about Jesus and what he has done for us. To order Character Studies in Ruth, go to bobyandian.com. The Holy Spirit has always been with man, but only in a limited ministry before Pentecost. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lived in a temple made with hands and came on individuals at certain times to do a certain task. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, not just to let us in, but to let the Holy Spirit out. From that day until this, the Holy Spirit desires to live in every person who will be born again. In Life and Power, Bobby Endian carefully examines the Holy Spirit's ever-present role in our daily life, the types and shadows that explain his ministry, and how the world was changed when he came into the Upper Room, filling New Testament believers with boldness and power. Life & Power is available in book form as audio CDs or downloads, video DVDs, or as both audio and video on a USB flash drive. To order Life & Power, visit life slash lifeandpower. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness,
0: I was talking just before the break about different jobs I've had, and one of them was working for that modeling company. But what I will say, it's too, as I've told that story before, not just about that one particular place, but places I have worked that I scratched my head and wondered later, Lord, were you leading me? Why in the world did you lead me there? It seemed like it has nothing to do with my life and nothing about what I'm doing right now. And then one day, it opened up and you begin to see that was the guidance of God all the time. I learned something there I'm using today. And when I've taught that before, even said that before, I have people come to me from everywhere going, you know what? I never thought about that. I've always thought the same thing was what in the world was happening back there. You know, did God just kind of lose it one day and and, and I stumbled into this job? Was I out of God's will working there? And they'll start to look at my whole thing was unless you were just outright sin, God was guiding you, God was leading you. And you might only have been at a job for a few months and then later on you left that job. One job I had was for a summer. That's all it was between years in college. And when I was working there, I thought, you know, I would gladly work here all the time if they just offered me a job. I'd quit college and go to work here. They never did. In fact, at the end of of summer, they just let me go. And I wondered all that time, what was those three months for? And pretty soon God began to show me things that happened there. And then years later, things that I had learned there, I began to understand. Today, I look back on the jobs I had and I can see how God fit them into my life perfectly. Here in my old age, I'm simply saying this, I once, was young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. God did not forsake me anytime back there. My heart was toward him. And the jobs that I had, the positions I had, in some cases, I was even mistreated on one job, fired for a wrong reason. They called me back later and tried to hire me back, but I was already at another place that I knew I was in God's will and told them, no, thank you. Well, again, many have done that. I'm simply saying this. If you're in that same position, I feel led to say this to somebody out there, and maybe a number of you, perhaps you're one of those that wonder why in the world did God do that? Why was I in God's will? And the answer will come, just in there in faith. And one day you're going to be learning something that you're going to be doing. You realize I've learned this before somewhere back there. I remember, and you start remembering it was on that particular job. One that I wondered about was I in God's will or not, and you were. Ruth chapter two, verses one through three. I want to come back to it again that Ruth has come back with her mother-in-law and uh, back to the land because her husband had died when when, uh, they were in the foreign country that they were in, in Moab. And now that Ruth has come back with her mother-in-law, now her mother-in-law, because Ruth is not a Jew and can't get the job that she's needed and she isn't married and so she has no way of support, she just simply gets her out there as a gleaner. But she gets her into a field that she knows the man is wealthy. And so... We come and so she's working and pretty soon this wealthy man, again, Boaz looks out and sees her and likes her. There's just something about this woman he likes. He just tells all the workers, leave big, you know, clumps back there for her. You know, when, when you're putting it into the baskets and stuff, leave some back there for her. And she began to bring home clumps of things And her, you know, her mother-in-law says, well, why, why did this happen? And so she gets to tell her in the same chapter, chapter two of Ruth, Joe, go down with me to verse 19 and verse 20. And it says in verse 19, her mother-in-law said to her, "'Where have you gleaned today?' And where did you work? Blessed be the one that took knowledge of you. She said, this is incredible. This is done on purpose. You're getting these, and look how much food we have now. And it says, she showed her mother-in-law the one with whom she had worked and said, this man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, blessed be the man of the Lord who has not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said to her, this man is a near kinman to you. One of our next kinsmen. In other words, this isn't just you accidentally getting a job. You have purposely walked into something, and God led you there, and you didn't even know how great this job was. But this man is wealthy, and he is your kinsman redeemer. And she begin to now see her mother-in-law begin to see the workings of God. I'm simply here to tell you again, this could be you. You look back at something that you think just you stumbled into, or just how in the world did you get there? You don't know. And now to go back one day, you're going to see the hand of God through the whole thing, him leading you. And that's exactly what happened here to Ruth. Her mother-in-law, Naomi, now recognizes the fact that she has got hooked up with a wealthy man and now finds out this is your kinsman redeemer, you're in a perfect position because your husband died and this is his brother and now he's supposed to take you and you have a right to offer yourself. And so I imagine right there that Ruth began to go back and read the law of the kinsman redeemer, begin to go back and find those places and find out what she should do. And so let's talk about Boaz, all right? Although the name of the book we're looking at is Ruth, Boaz literally dominates from the time that he's introduced. Boaz had wealth long before Ruth needed his help. Boaz was a redeemer through Naomi, although Naomi forgot and Ruth didn't know. So all the time, Boaz was the kinsman redeemer. Again, though Naomi had forgot about it and Ruth didn't know about it, yet he was still there. I like that whole thing about the fact that Boaz had wealth long before Ruth needed his help. I come to a God who's eternally been wealthy in every single area of my life, not just finances, but every area of my life. And I walked into that God didn't suddenly get rich so that I could come and be blessed. I came and got blessed from a God who's ultimately been wealthy all this time. And through Jesus Christ, my Redeemer, I have accepted Jesus. And now all these blessings belong to me. Take a look at the book of Ruth chapter 3. And here Ruth informs Boaz he is her kinsman Redeemer. In Ruth chapter 3, we're going to take a look at verses 7 through 9. When Boaz had eaten and had drank... And his heart was merry. He went to lie down at the end of a heap of corn. And she, this is Ruth, came softly, quietly, and uncovered his feet and laid down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself and saw the woman lying at his feet. And he said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your handmaid. Spread therefore the skirts over your handmaid or take the ends of your garments and lay them over me for you are my near kinsman. He began to think, she began to think. I'm sure he didn't know that and it he questions her as to how that happened to be. And, and by this time, Boaz has fallen in love with her. It's more than just a fact he's going to take some woman to help her out. He's got a double blessing here. Here's a woman he's going to help out, but also he has fallen in love with her. Watching her from across the field, supplying for her, something inside of him recognized something inside of her. And it was literally the leading of the Lord. You know, when my wife and I first met each other, we knew We knew we were right for each other. We didn't know each other that well, but both of us said the same thing. The moment I saw her, I knew she was gonna be my wife. And the moment she saw me, she knew I was gonna be her husband. After that, we got to know each other and we married and what a blessing it has been. So again, Boaz agrees to marry Ruth, clearing it with the closer kinsman first. He knew the law and said, I would love to fulfill this. And so he did it. Boaz addressed the kinsman before 10 elders of the city to buy a piece of property from Ruth. In buying the property, the kinsman must also agree to marry Ruth. And he said, that's exactly what I want to do. Take a look at Ruth chapter 4. Let's take a look at verses 8 through 13. Therefore the kinsman said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. So he drew off his shoe and Boaz said to the elders and to all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chelion's and Malon's, that's his brother, from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, I have purchased to be my wife, to raise up in the name of the dead of his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brothers and from the gates of his place. You are witnesses today. And all the people at the gate and all the elders said, we are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that you have come into your house like Rachel and like Leah, which to built the house of Israel and do you worthily in Ephratah and be famous in Bethlehem and let your house be like the house of Perez and Tamar bore to Judah of the seed which the Lord will give you in this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she had a son. Oh, how important this is and what a great story this is as we read about it. Again, we started out reading from the genealogy in Matthew chapter one and Boaz's name is mentioned there and Ruth's name is mentioned there. And we're gonna take another look at that here in just a moment. But what I wanna point out to you is again, God literally prepares things in the past, knowing what's going to come in the future. God knows what's going to happen to you 10 years from now, and it's meant simply arranging things now. My daughter, And son in law, we had a prophet come to our church, Dick Mills, and he's already gone to be with the Lord. But Dick Mills was the most accurate I ever saw in prophecy and the most loving and tender. He used to tell me before a service if I ever prophesied something that you know is wrong, stop me. I want to be right. He said, Sometimes I, I sometimes think maybe I'm leaning too much to my flesh, but I never saw it. I mean, every word I ever heard about him from people said it came to pass. And he prophesied things over my son in law and my daughter and literally it took up to 10 years for that to come to pass. He died before they ever came to pass, but everything he said to them that they had written it down has come to pass over a period of some 10 years, even to the house they were going to buy, the place they were going to move to, and the place they moved from. This is what happened. So this is what happened with the word of God. We're going to take a look at it. Boaz now is going to show his love to Ruth. Perhaps the nearer kinsman did not want to marry Ruth because she was from Moab, and that's probably why, but he didn't care. He fell in love with her, and didn't care if she was from Moab. Ruth probably wanted to know why Boaz so quickly agreed to take her as his wife because she was a Moabite, but Boaz had the right to reject acting as a kinsman redeemer, but he did not. Boaz probably took her home. This is what I see. This is my take on the story. He wanted her so bad. She said, Listen, why, listen, I, honestly, why do you want me? I'm a Moabitus. He says, Come and meet my mother. She said, What do you mean? Come and meet your mother. He says, Come on, they want to meet you. My mom and dad are there. He took her home that day and introduced her and said, Here's my father. So he began to, to introduce his father. And then he looked at her and said, And he said, I want you to meet my mother. He said, Ruth, I want to introduce to you my mother. Ruth, this is my mother, Rahab. I imagine that Ruth said, huh, Rahab, isn't she the, and he said, former, she's not a prostitute anymore. No, in fact, she was saved from the time the children of Israel crossed over the Red Sea. She gave her life to the Lord and she's been preserved all this time. My father married her and now I'm her son. And she understood something all of a sudden. If God could save Rahab, how the background she came from and the nation she came from, out of, out of the country that she was again, that the, the, literally the great enemies of Israel, Then certainly he could do something for her. Ruth was a Moabitess who now has been introduced into the kingdom and her name is found in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter one. What a great story. What a great ending. You know what? God took care of her. He's taking care of you too. See you next
1: time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast.